This is a free download from Delancey Elim Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elim Church building at Le Banks, St. Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelim.co.uk. My title this morning is Catching the Fire and Passion of the Holy Spirit. Um, those of you that were here some, some weeks ago, I think it was about eight weeks ago, but you should probably ask Nigel, because Nigel was the one that will remember it the most. Uh, <laughs> Nigel and Sue. 16 weeks, is it? Oh, well, there you go. The last time I was speaking, I was speaking about the, uh, the Pentecost and how the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost and empowered the disciples. And it was there that the disciples really got the... The, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Jesus now ascended to send them out into the world to work on, on uh, God's behalf and Jesus' behalf. Um, they, they were empowered, but most importantly, they were in unity. They were all as one together. So they were able to combine their strength to go and win space and lives for God. We're going to carry on with that story today, or on that subject. But first, I just want to make a, a quick reference to Pastor John's sermon from last week, which, by the way, I've been watching on YouTube, and I'd highly recommend that you do actually take the time to look at it again on YouTube, because, you know, sometimes when you're, when you're sat listening to it live, you miss some bits, and it's great to be able to go back and pick up on those points. So... I was working in Jersey this week, um, staying in Jersey all week, um, but I sat in my hotel room with the internet and, uh, and watched it and ended up watching it a couple of times over. But the, the exciting thing for me, and, and I think it's the exciting thing for leaders generally, is when you get a word that comes that is absolutely in line with either what you're going to speak on or have spoken on or whatever, you feel like kind of there, there's a real connection. You know that you've actually sort of hit on something that is really what God is saying because more than one person is hearing it. So it's confirmation, if you like. It's confirmation of what you're going to uh, talk about or what God's got to say is, is really important. And it, most importantly, it's the fact that we're listening to God and taking our lead from God, not just doing what we think, you know? Because that's one thing I want to say to you this morning. I'm very aware that, you know, you're here listening to me but really, I don't want you to be listening to me. I want you to be listening to what God's got to say, you know? Uh, and being up here, it's a real privilege. It's a real opportunity. But more importantly, um, you know, I believe that God wants to speak. So this morning, li listen out for the words that God will say to you. It's what I would pray. Okay, I've recently had a problem with my ears. Liz says I've got a problem with my ears all the time, but I think that's, that's something different. But no, I've, I've had a bit of a problem with my ears. They haven't been working quite as well. And I've been putting eardrops in, or actually being truthful, Liz has been putting eardrops into my ears at night to try and soften the earwax and, and get rid of it. And I don't know why I decided to mention this, but I, I did. Um, I felt that it was something that, that kind of made me just think a little bit, that maybe sometimes something gets in the way and it hardens us and so we don't actually hear what God's got to say. And maybe, just maybe, there's somebody in here, probably, probably 
might be, one or two, I don't know, that might be thinking maybe they could just do with being a bit softened. So maybe today we should think about that and maybe we should actually think about just in some way applying ourselves and allowing ourselves to be softened so that we can really hear what God's got to say rather than kind of maybe just blocking, blocking our ears with our, our earwax or whatever else it might be. We, ne- we need to allow ourselves to listen to God, to receive the full power that God has got f- for us and not limit it by you know, blocking our ears and just listening to the bits we want to hear. And that's not always easy, is it? You know, may, maybe for you, your Bible study has dropped away a little bit. Maybe your prayer times, you know, become a little less. You're having difficulty fitting it in. Maybe when you are praying, you're going through the things you should be doing later in the day rather than actually being 100% focused. I know out there is a tremendous amount of things that try and take our attentions and and John touched on this last week which again was was great that you know the the devil's out there trying to distract us and what we have to do is really focus but we're going to start putting that right today we are going to work on today getting in contact with the Holy Spirit and receiving the fire and the passion that's what we're going to work on today. So first of all, this is where I said you'd do some work. Everybody stand up for a minute. If you, if you don't want to stand up, that's fine. I'm not going to you know, impose it on you, but stand up. Just, just for a few moments, just shake your hands at the bottom of your arms. Just like that. Just nice and simple. Nice and simple. We're not going to do anything energetic. Now just circle them around a little bit. Nice and simple, that's it. Then we're going to bend our arms a bit. Just up and down like that. Nothing much. Alright, everybody feeling okay? Then we're going to go up and down a bit, look. Oh, the boys at the back are doing it. They told me they wouldn't do it. Well done, boys. You've got to have the camera on you now. Up and down a bit. That's it. Now just shake your head on the side. And shake your head on that side. That's it. Just a little bit of that and a little bit of that. Quite simple. It's like one of these Joey songs, isn't it? <laughs> All I need now is some music. Okay. What we're going to do last, we're just going to do that. Okay. Then we're going to do that. And then finally, just to finish off, we're going to do that. Now, are you all feeling a bit silly? <laughs> Hopefully you're not. Okay, you can sit down. See, the thing is, the thing is that sometimes we come into church, don't we, and we've got all the worries of the world on our shoulders. We carry them in through that door and we're kind of not really ready to meet God, are we? Right? Now, if I was a keep fit person and I got you in here and you were going to do an exercise class, I'd warm you up first, wouldn't I? You know, I'd say to you, come on, let's do some lightweight exercises. We'd do a bit, we'd warm up and then we'd be ready to go into the proper exercises kind of thing so you wouldn't be that surprised yet we come into church we've been rushing around fitting in all sorts of things before we came to church we come in through that door 
Um, even with the best will in the world, we're thinking about what's going to go on for the rest of the day. We're thinking about what we're going to have for lunch, what time we're going to pick so-and-so up from so-and-so, and all this sort of thing. And we're maybe not, not quite ready to meet God. So, okay, that was a little bit of fun on my part. But my, my serious part of that message was, maybe sometimes we actually need to get ready to meet God. Maybe we need to take the time, because God's taken the time, and we'll turn up, and I don't know about you, but I felt in the worship this morning God was really there. And I think that, you know, we, we have to be ready. I wanted to get you used to lifting your hands and your arms to accept praise and give praise to God. You know, we don't exercise that enough. I don't know about you, but I feel real power. When I lift my hands and I praise God and I give him the glory, I feel the power. Right? And I just love that. So, what I wanted you to do at the end, I wanted you to push down, because I wanted you to push down on your worries. Push them down, right? Push them down, and then kick them away. And why do we want to do that? Because we don't want to carry our worries into this church. We don't want to carry our worries into praise time. We don't want to carry our worries into worship time. Because all that's doing, the devil is using that to make your praise and worship time less valuable than it can be when you've cleared all that clutter out of the way and you're really concentrating. Okay, so now we're ready to catch the fire and the passion. We're limbered up. We're limbered up. We're warm. We're unencumbered. We're standing on top of our problems, not drowning in them. Who feels like that? Somebody actually feel the change already? Okay, if you still feel something holding you back, then just do it again. Don't stand up and do my little shimmy, but by all means, just think it through. Just think about it. Go through the same processes. We need to consciously put our problems down, we need to stand on top of them or kick them away. You know, make space, okay? When you're pushing your arms out, you're making space to give praise to God. When you're lifting your arms, you're praising God. And when you're kicking away your problems, you're not going to let them take power on you. You're going to have power over them. It struck me as I kind of got this all together, it struck me that it was a really good habit to get into, that we should clear ourselves and we should actually come in ready to praise, ready to worship, ready to really give God quality time, because that's what he does for us. Maybe we don't always give it back in quite the same way. Incidentally, did you know that the average person takes 21 days of doing the same thing to turn something into a habit? 21 days. Yet on average, something that you do wrong and you know consciously it's wrong, you only need to do it twice and it's likely to turn into a habit. It's an amazing fact, isn't it? 21 times to overcome something and turn it into a good habit, but only twice is likely to turn into a bad habit. And that's because we, we've got an inner self, if you like, that knows that what we've done is wrong and therefore we, strangely enough, as human beings, we still go back to do the same thing. 
Okay. So, I hope now you're starting to gain in confidence and you're beginning to feel like you've got some control. So, we're going to start going for catching the Holy Spirit, fire and passion. Jesus said in Luke 24:49, and you can turn with me if you wish, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. To be endued means literally to be clothed, and the power on on high literally translates as the passion. So what Jesus was saying to this particular uh, group was, wait for my Holy Spirit to be fully on you, and then you will have the passion and the fire to go forward. And I strongly believe that today we, we are going to start receiving the fully clothed passion and fire of the Holy Spirit. You see, what we don't want is that we see the fire, but we don't let it touch us. And I think this is something we've really got to guard against. We see the fire, we see the passion, but, oh yeah, but of course, you know, I don't want any of that. Keep ourselves separate. We need every single person, like the disciples, to be in unity and filled with the Holy Spirit. That is when the real power will be in this church. The real power to see all the miracles, the signs and wonders that Jesus has in store will be available to us when we are in unity, when we are together. If we don't get, let God's fire touch us, we can't be fully empowered because we're working in our strength and not in God's. Worse than that, though, is if we haven't actually received the full fire and passion, then we're likely to be taking a drain of somebody else who has. And we need it all. We need it all. God did not promise to bring passion and fire on this church for it to be wasted. His passion is to see the church go forward, winning souls, not sitting still. His passion is to keep moving. Incidentally, just, just to keep you awake, I had a little um, experiment I said to John a couple of weeks ago that I kind of had this idea about setting fire to something but it wouldn't actually really burn. And I did it with a pound note. <laughs> well, I haven't got a pound note anymore because <laughs> unfortunately it went wrong and it burnt. <laughs> so there we go. So I decided not to do it in church today. <laughs> Didn't think that was a very good idea. So the question then becomes, do we really want to be effective for God? Do we really want to see the world impacted, souls won, people's lives changed? Is that what we really want? Are we a passionate church? If so, we tr- if so to be truly effective for the kingdom, we need the fire of the Holy Ghost, don't we? As I started by saying last time, when I brought the message about Pentecost, the disciples all caught the passion of the Holy Spirit and they were in unity. And I think that word unity, albeit a small little word, is the critical factor, the unity, the unity of everybody together. When they received the Holy Spirit and they became in unity, they became effective. 
they started to achieve. Great things happened, and we're going to look in a second. The disciples would not have been as effective if they hadn't received that fire and passion of the Holy Spirit on that day of Pentecost. And friends, today I tell you that I believe strongly that this church has the name Pentecost in it for a reason. As we see in in the... the effectiveness of the church in the book of Acts, the burning passion moved the church to do many works with a zeal that could not be stopped. And already this morning, even in the songs, these words have been cropping up. Zeal, passion, they've been cropping up. To support this, a quick whirlwind tour of Acts, and I don't expect you to change to it, but chapter 1 sees um, where, where Jesus ascended to heaven. Chapter 2 was where the the actual Pentecost took place. Later in 2, though, already Jesus now gone, ascended, right? Peter addresses a crowd, including many Jewish leaders who'd actually been the ones who'd sent Jesus to die on the cross, the crucifixion. But Peter boldly speaks to them and speaks proudly and boldly of how the Messiah and Lord that God had raised to life had been there. Then compassion becomes a cornerstone of the Christian movement and many people are uh, are drawn to sell their possessions to help others. Later on again, we see uh, Christian persecution come in. But the very person, the, the person who's probably one of the strongest persecutors, he receives his salvation on the Damascus Road and becomes one of the greatest speakers and certainly writers of of the works of the Bible. And we see him in chapter 9 setting sail on missionary trips and he's responsible for many, many church plants. What a turnaround. You could say, if if you wanted to, you could say, oh no, Jesus is ascending, he's gone. But here we see all the power of the Holy Spirit coming on on the disciples as we've spoken about before and great things are happening. Great things are happening. Ordinary people are empowered. Ordinary people are out there winning souls and doing things. All this exciting stuff happened after Jesus had ascended and because he sent his Holy Spirit to dwell in the disciples and in those that became baptised in the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just the disciples. In fact, if you read on, most of the disciples disappear into the kind of back parts of the, 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 the Bible. It is new people, new people coming along that get the Holy Spirit fire and passion and they go and do something. Titus 2.14, and again you can turn if you wish, but you don't have to, declares that Jesus redeemed us that we might be a zealous, passionate, on-fire people. The only way for us to get fired up and zealous for good works is to receive our day of Pentecost and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire from the Lord Jesus Christ himself for the service he has in mind for us. That is when the passion. Can you imagine what Peter would have felt like He'd never really spoken before, but Jesus ascends and suddenly he has this boldness. He has this boldness to go out and speak in front of a large group and actually tell 
the, the, the story of how uh, the Saviour has gone to the cross and ascended and been born again. Right here, right now, I need to tell you, the burden for me is on this church that we need to see the Holy Spirit. We need to see the fire. We need to see the passion. We need to see the unity. We need it. We need it because I know and feel that there's so much work for this church. And we can do it, and we can do it together. But we need to catch that fire. We need to catch that Holy Spirit fire. This power is available to us, but we have to be in unity, and we have to go after it together. It's no good sitting back and saying, oh, you know, let them do all the work, let them go after it, and, you know, I'll sit here quietly because I'm busy. That's not going to work. We need to be in unity. Even one or two people not in unity will dilute the efforts that God has in mind. Because what God has in mind is when you step through that door, you receive the Holy Spirit. You become saved because he knows you already. He wants you. You are his. He wants you. And he wants you to receive the full, full, Holy Spirit encounter, Holy Spirit power, Holy Spirit passion. He doesn't want you to just receive part of it and he wants you to share it. John also spoke uh, last week about Philippians uh, 3 and again I quote from that scripture. Um, Can I look at 3.12 Again, you can turn with me if you wish. Sorry, just get myself sorted. Getting old now, I need glasses. Who finds when your eyesight goes, it goes quickly? <laughs> I did. Okay. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I I may lay hold of that for which Jesus Christ has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. Therefore, let us, many as are mature, have this mind, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join in, follow my example, and note those who so walk as you have us for pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we are eagerly wait for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able to subdue all things to himself. Therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown, so fast, 
so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore Euodia and I implore Synatech to be the same mind in the Lord and urge you to also, true companion, help these women who laboured with me in the gospel with Clement also and rest on my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all things, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In uh, chapter 4, verse 1 to 7, he's talking specifically about two women who are in disagreement in the church. But he's also talking about the church as a whole, coming in unity and helping them, supporting them, bringing them back to unity. And that's for me, is what's so clear, is that there's no message of uh, retort to them, It's a message of love and companionship coming alongside and wanting to bring them back to unity. There's no talk of, of, you know, pushing them out. In fact, it's, it's just love, isn't it? It's just love. And if we focus specifically on, on eight, which I didn't read, but finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Put simply, it means focus on the good. Don't allow those little negative things to turn into niggles and start to do damage. Focus on the good. Because God does good things. Everything that the world does out there to hurt you, to discourage you, to divert your attention, is to stop you getting permanently connected with the Holy Spirit, fire and passion. And the reason for that is because our enemy, the devil, has no answer to the fire and passion of the Holy Spirit. When you receive the true Spirit, the true fire and the true passion, you are untouchable because you are truly in a relationship with God and you are untouchable by the devil. That's not to say things won't go wrong. Things will still go wrong in everybody's life. But you have somewhere to go. You have the power to overcome it. Right? And you have belief that the Holy Spirit He's looking out for your good. Nothing can break that relationship when it is deep, deep in your soul. When it is really deep in your subconscious, nobody can take that away. No matter what happens, nobody can take that away. That's how deep we need to get it. When we truly catch the fire 
our deepest desires become to do what God wants us to do. That's our deepest desire. To seek his word for our life and, and his light on the path that he has in mind for us. We become the people he wants us to be. Stirred up, fired up, powerful, because he has truly come to abide in us. So much so to such a point that we cannot be, we cannot resist being involved in the things God wants us to do. You know, I mean, sometimes you think, well, I'm tired, but God gives you that energy because he wants you to do that and he just loves the fact that you have that fire in you. We mustn't be sleepy people. We must be people that listen to the Holy Spirit. We must be people that are awake to the opportunities of today. We're compelled by the Holy Spirit to go far beyond ourselves. This is our problem. Very often we think about ourselves. We think about, but I can't do that. No, you're right. You can't. But the Holy Spirit can when he's in you. The Holy Spirit can take you to a whole different level can take you to do more, can take the skills that you already possess that he granted you uh, when you were created and magnify them. What a great word that is, magnify them, because he will magnify them. I don't know about you, but I want to be part of this. We've got to ask ourselves, is Delancey a passionate church? Is Delancey going to be a passionate church? Is Delancey going to have passionate people in it? Anybody want to say amen to that? Thank you. I just just want to say to you that the passion and the fire of the Holy Spirit will enable us, collectively, unity, to believe in bigger and better things for God. We can do things with the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to wake up. We need to stop limiting God. We need to unlock his full power and his potential and, and get behind him and allow him to use our own gifts and our own creativity to break out into that world out there. Because we are taken prisoner by our own thoughts. We are taken prisoner. We are contained within this church rather than breaking out into that community, which is what we have to do. And we need that fire and that passion to believe that that's what we can do. And we are not going to do it if we sit in here on a Sunday and just take an easy ride. And you might like me more if I stood up here and just said, no, let's go for an easy ride. But it's not like that. I really don't believe it is. The passion for Christ will allow you to wake every morning and see every day as an opportunity to win souls for God. There's a start, isn't there? Every day is an opportunity. How often do we wake and think, oh, I wish it was tomorrow. I wish today was over. But every day is an opportunity for God. Every day was granted to you by God and it's an opportunity to do something for him. It will empower you, the Holy Spirit will empower you throughout the day. It doesn't, it's not like a battery. It doesn't start at the full power in the morning and then work, you know, run out during the, during the day. It's at full power all day. Yeah. 
touch into the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives you the power to go and do things, to, to break in and talk to people, break in and, and discover what's wrong, help people. So many different ways, so many different skills. You've all got skills God gave you. At night, the Holy Spirit will enable you to dream big dreams. And we spend our days putting those dreams into action. But we mustn't dream small dreams. We mustn't limit. When we truly catch the Holy Spirit and fire and passion, it doesn't go away. It doesn't go to sleep at night like us. It keeps going. It's embedded. It's like part of our blood. It pumps around us all day. And who knows, when you do a bit of activity, when you do a bit of warm-up, stupid dancing or whatever it might be, you've got that on film, I promise you that. I said, uh, you start pumping your blood around, don't you? Your blood is moving faster around your body. Well, let's just think a bit. Let's get the Holy Spirit pumping around our body. Let's get the Holy Spirit really empowered. Let's get the Holy Spirit moving and working for us because he wants to get out there. He wants to use you and get out there. When we truly catch the Holy Spirit fire, we can do great things. The Holy Spirit will speak to you and your ministry will become clear. And I want to say to you all, there is this massive mistake that people make and say that ministry is what's up here, right? And you're just the people of the church. Every single person here, from the youngest to the oldest, has a ministry. Right? God put you in your place because he has something that he wants you to do. He wants you to reach other people. He wants you to communicate. He wants you to come alongside. I can't begin to think what the ministries might be because they're so diversified and wide. But believe me, every one of you has a ministry. And in that ministry, if you have the Holy Spirit power, you will reach the maximum. You will get the best in that ministry. We need to, we need to listen. We need to prepare ourselves. And with the Holy Spirit, we can achieve things far beyond what we believe. The fire and the passion of the Holy Ghost will also make you deeply devoted to what your ministry is. Because God will make it very clear what your ministry is and then he will bless you with the power and the skill and the ability to deliver that ministry when you come in alignment with what his plan is for you. And so many people, they struggle because they... They, they do something and they're doing something that's in their power rather than in the Holy Spirit power and they become tired and they become weak and they become uh, dissatisfied. But it's because they need to go back to the basics of listening for the Holy Spirit, listening to what the Holy Spirit, fire and passion puts in their heart and going in that direction, not the direction that they particularly want to go at that time. When you've got that fire, when you've got that passion, it's no longer difficult. When you find a job in this world that, that you really like, it's not that difficult to go to work. And this is exactly what I'm saying. When you've got the Holy Spirit passion in your heart, the work is easy because God is creating it with you. God is standing there with you.
you will come up against difficulties. The world throws things up. But when you are full of the Holy Spirit, you'll overcome it. Because you'll see your victory already. You'll believe in your victory. You'll believe in the almighty power of Jesus. It will allow you to become bold and courageous no matter how much adversity you'll experience and it will cause you to become persevering. That's something else we need, isn't it? We need to persevere because we don't actually understand God's time. Sometimes we think, oh, I want that, you know, I want to do that, that and that and God says, well, yeah, yeah, that might be right but wait, now's not the right time and we have to wait and we get very frustrated, don't we? get very frustrated and we think God why are you not talking to me but God is talking to you it's just you don't want to hear what he's got to say at that particular time but in the end when it resolves itself it's always for your good God has plans for your good I truly believe that the vision that God has for this church I really believe that we need a passion, we need a fire, we need a zeal to accomplish that work. And before we go on, before we go on doing anything out there in our strength, before we go on and use up all of our own strength, we need to focus down, we need to listen to what the Lord has to say. We need to look for what his vision truthfully is and he will empower us with the Holy Spirit in any ministry the number one key ingredient is the Holy Spirit we cannot do the works on our own on our own power we need the Holy Spirit and our own efforts and emotional zeal uh, without God's supernatural powers will mean that we don't get there. But when God's supernatural powers are with us, we can really go places. And we can see things. And it says in the Bible that when that is the case, signs and wonders followed. So can we be that surprised, maybe, when we aren't seeing as many signs and wonders as we want? We need to come into unity. We need to come into this Holy Spirit connection and call down that fire, call down that passion and that is where we can go. I'm coming towards an end. Um, But I really feel, really feel that God laid on my heart today over many weeks just to call for action just to call for action please to call for action to clear the route of your communication for the Holy Spirit to flood in maybe you already got it maybe you've already got it but there's more you know maybe 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 you feel like today you've already done a lot. All I want to say to you is, no matter what age you are, God has more for you.
God has more for you. God has so much more that you can't imagine because that's our problem. We, we imagine in our style. We limit. And I, I'm very proud. You know, I look at two old guys over there. They won't mind me saying that. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I just love the way that Laurie and Sid talk of the Lord and they love the Lord. At that age, what an example. You know? We've got to have that fire, that passion, that love that still dwells in us through everything. And I really believe that we, we've been praying so much in this church and, and we're seeing visions of what's going to happen. And it's taking time to come. You know, and sometimes you think, oh, if only, if only, if only. But it's coming. It is coming. It is coming. And I believe that unity is the key. I believe that every person must get behind the vision of this church. We need to get this church, you know, full. We don't want people out there. We want them in here. We want these kids' groups full. We want to be having the problems of the building not being big enough. We want to have the problems of the car park not being big enough. We want to have the problems of how we do the next outreach out on the gardens out there or whatever it is we do. We need to have those problems because those problems are the problems of winning ground for God. Not sat in here on chairs where we're complaining that that particular chair is a bit more co- less comfortable than the one next to it. That's not the sort of thing we need to be worried about. And I really believe that God's sending that message to us. I think Angie spoke a few weeks ago as well about saying that we... You know, we can't be complacent. And we mustn't be complacent. We've got to stand up. We've got to take our space. And we've got to to really be counted. So could I ask the musicians to just come back? I want to ask you today to just think, think what I've said. Think what God's had to say today. Just... You know, you, using the example, it was a silly one, I know, but I just want you to push your problems down. I want you to stand on your problems. I want you to push them out of the way. Don't let them limit what you can do in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't let that be the definition of your life on this earth. Let the definition of your life on this earth be the miracles that Jesus Christ brought through you. If there's anybody today that that doesn't know Christ, I just want to say to you that he loves you. He accepts you. John, again, said something just before I spoke. You know, God doesn't wait for you to perfect yourself. God accepts you as you are. God accepts you, as the phrase goes, warts and all. Right? And he wants to cleanse you. He wants to take you. He wants to, if you like, propagate you from where you are and take you somewhere near. He wants to use you. Let him flood into your life. Just just let him flood into your life. Even now, if you know him already, just take a few moments to just close your eyes and let the Holy Spirit begin flooding into your heart. And as we sing this last song...
just want to allow the Holy Spirit to just flood in this place. I just want to allow the Holy Spirit to just flood through every person. Every person. Because God loves you. God loves you with so much passion. So much passion. He's on fire for you to be successful. He's on fire because he loves you so much. And he wants to see those gifts that he's given you used. He doesn't want to, you know, tell you off for not not using them. He just wants to see you flooded with that passion and that fire. So as we sing the last song, uh, I'm going to stay up here and John and I will pray for you you if you wish. But I'd really like you to just take a moment or two to call that Holy Spirit down into your life, down into your situation, tread on your problems, take control, listen to what God's got to say, come and receive the Holy Spirit fire. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceelam.co.uk.